Balancing Death Kirk is a weekly KeyForge podcast focused on competitive play. The podcast is hosted by Kita Mode and Kodamarin. The show is here for listeners to gain a better understanding of how to evaluate decks, how to evaluate their own board position, and how to anticipate opponents' decisions. Without further ado, here's this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of Balancing Death Quark. I am Kira Mode. I am here with Kodamarin. How's it going? And today we're going to be talking about house rules for logos. So looking at logos, um, a lot of logos cards, you'll see that they'll draw cards, they'll archive cards, and they feel, you know, they want to be the smart guys, they want to be the planners, they want to be the setup house for a lot of big things to come. Looking at them from the standpoint of a main house, first house, and support house looks a little different from these guys. A lot of the questions you end up asking are less, how can this benefit me, and more, how will this benefit me in the near future? Exactly. So uh, let's lead off with talking about Logos as far as they go for a main house, because I think I think out of all the houses, Logos is probably the hardest to make a main house lineup for, but they also have a couple cards that only work if they are in your main house. So a good example of this is uh, Doc Bookton. So Doc Bookton reaps, draws a card. Now, this card is not very good if you have, say, three cards in your hand, because it draws you a card. The card's probably not Logos, so you don't get any value out of it. But if let's say you've been declaring logos turn after turn after turn, what's going to end up happening is you're going to have six non-logos. And so then when you put Doc Booked in, it draws you a card. And if it's non-logos, it's actually good because it now sets you up for your next houses because you might end up with a lot of them because they have a whole bunch of onboard draw effects that can trigger turn after turn after turn. And we, we, we got a couple of them in a list to give you an idea. Yeah, this really goes for a lot of the draw effects in Logos. There's Quixo the Adventurer. He, he fights and draws a card. And then there's Library of Babel, which is the uh, artifact that draws you a card. And there's a number of good cards in Logos that do this. And you'll find yourself happy about declaring Logos because you're excited to play your eight-card Mars turn from your archives and from your, from your hand. And that's the other thing that Logos does very well. Archiving is a cool mechanic in this game. And Logos has, I think, the most ways to archive cards. There's lab work and sloppy lab work. And there are a couple of cards, um, the, the creatures that do it too. And sometimes it feels weird to do this as, uh, as your action. There's Novu Arche- uh, Archaeologist, who just feels weird to action archive a card from your discard pile. It really doesn't feel like y- you shouldn't be reaping instead of that, right? Well, if you're really bringing back a card that is really valuable for your other big combo turn, maybe your Hunting Witch or something, maybe waiting a turn to get it off is worth it. And so um, with most main houses, I mean, the goal of a main house is to say, I have no cards of this house in my hand, but I can justify declaring this house anyways because I have enough stuff on the board that does stuff. And so Logos is maybe the only one that doesn't put immediate pressure because almost all the houses will either have ways to generate a lot of amber or kill your opponent's stuff or, or capture or something. But Logos is really, I'm going to keep triggering these cards. I'm going to Dock Bookton and I'm going to Spectral Tunneler and I'm going to Library of Babel so my hand size gets to like 10. I'm going to Novo Archaeologist to put cards from my discard back into my archives. I'm going to Ganymede Archivist, archive certain cards. And if your opponent doesn't deal with this, you're quickly going to have like a monstrous hand that if like, let's say your support or burst house is like a Mars you know, Mars needs a lot of cards, you know, to interact with themselves. Now you can have like the monstrous Mars turn, or you can have a monstrous uh, sanct- or not sanctum, uh, untamed turn where you hunting witch into five creatures. 
you know, so that's really what Logos does. They, they set up your next house to do their thing. But as a main house, unfortunately, some of these cards only work in a main house. You don't really want Quixo as a support or burst card. You don't want Library of Babel in those other houses. And especially Dimension Door, that is a card that can only ever work in a main house because you need to have guys to reap with. Yeah, Dimension Door says you, instead of reaping today, you steal. And it would be great if I could play that, like, I think there's master plan is like one of the only other ways to play that on a non logos turn for a different house. Um, so really to get dimension door to work, you have to have three or four logos guys that not only were around for the day that you needed to steal a bunch, but that also lived. One of the problems with logos is that again, they don't have a whole lot of innate protection. Very few of them have, do any of them have elusive? I don't think so. Uh, no. So if you're playing them as your main house, you really want the guys that are bigger. Like that is where Doc Bookton is nice. Like Doc Bookton is a five. Nobody archaeologist is a four. Uh, Brain Eater is a six. So they do have a couple guys that are a little bit bigger, but they don't have any taunts, any sort of um, shield or, or they don't have anything like Soul Snatcher, which discourages your opponent from attacking your guys. It's like they, they, they just aren't have, there. They have Fogify, <laughs> which is a great card um, when I see it in the Untamed version, the Fog Bank one. Because that has a bunch of guys who want to do stuff every day. Fogify, if you're having that in your main house, you play it and suddenly all of your guys survive for an extra turn. Now you can spend your time reaping for drawing cards, reaping to draw into Dimension Door or even Library Access, which we'll talk about. And Fogify gives you that extra breathing room as long as it was your main house to begin with. Yeah, so this is the basic idea of Logos as a main house, right? You have enough guys, but they have repeatable effects to build up for your next house. And you really need to have like a critical mass of them. Like having like just one or two is probably not going to hack it. You want to have like four cards that can draw you cards a turn because that's when you can start getting the excess value. But let's shift gears here and let's talk about Logos as far as a support house because this is where you'll typically find more Logos effects. And when you have a deck that has logos this is generally the role you want them to play because they have a lot of archive effects that are instantaneous you have cards like lab work and sloppy lab work which archive cards and they themselves are a card so they not only do they thin out your hand so you could draw more cards they archive cards so you can have more cards later you know like that those are really nice cards to have as your support house to set up for your burst or main on on that same note as mother which is one of the best passive effects in the game i think which is just you draw one additional card. And I think you can even have multiple mothers. So um, just drawing to eight or nine just with other effects is really strong if you can get those other turns. But really as a support house, one of Logos's big jobs is to set up for other houses. It's more of a setup house than a support house. But besides that, it also has, they also have a bunch of good kill effects. There are aren't many damage effects outside of uh, Twin Bolt Emission, but you have Neutron Shark and our favorite Bouncing Death Quark and yep. a couple other cards that just do, that can kill a lot of things and selectively in a smart way. And, and one of the things I love personally about Bouncing Death Quark, you know, and the reason we named it after the show is Bouncing Death Quark fixes a lot of your not so great creatures that you have within Logos because sometimes you'll have logos cards that really only work inside of a main house but if i have logos as my support house i can play quick so i really don't want to trigger him but he's perfect bouncing death quark fodder or i have the research smo who is able to archive a card off the top of my deck 
and he's another fantastic bouncing death court fodder. So if you play like say two um, logos creatures and then you play bouncing death quark, you don't really care if you kill those creatures. Then you maybe kill like another wimpy creature or two from your other houses and you just wipe out your opponent's board. And that is a fantastic support card because it levels the board and allows your main house to really do what they want to do. Plus also you might have other archive effects that come out of your support house. So that way your burst house and main house can really push it forward. It'll, it gives you just so much draw tempo for those two houses. One of the cards that I think the cards that I enjoy that I think rides the line between the support and main is the anomaly exploiter, which is action destroy a damaged creature. That one's not rare, but what it does is it makes your opponent think of, okay, they're going to, if they declare logos, something could happen to me and I know what it's going to be. I have to play around that. And logos is, it's not controlling your opponent as much as it is making them think and putting the, the, the control in a different spot. So Anomaly Exploiter is a fantastic main card if you have Quixo, right? Because Quixo has Skirmish or maybe even Batrone, because then every single turn you can guarantee I'm going to attack you. I'm going to get a benefit, which is either a steal or a draw card. But then also I'm going to be able to put damage on you even through shields to make sure that my Anomaly Exploiter hits. But if you don't have those cards, you'd actually probably rather have that in your support house. So you can declare it enough times that it's relevant. But there's going to be times where you can't declare it and you use your main house as a way to pepper damage where you need to and then anomaly exploiter every now and again but it is exactly but it's definitely not a burst card like really any almost any artifact that comes into play and is an action ability and doesn't get you an amber when it comes into play you generally just don't want those in your burst house burst house you want cards that do things the moment they hit the table and let's let's start talking about them because everyone's favorite card is library access which is like the mother of all burst cards right this is like the entire reason that like handcrafting is considered a thing is that you want to have your library access with ideally five other logos cards and then maybe whatever you archive and just start ripping off crazy hands personally i gotta put this out there i don't think library access is all that all that great i think every time you draw a card you're really only drawing a third of a card because it's one third chance you're going to be able to play it and outside of the deck that actually combos off You'll find yourself with this weird library access in your hand a lot that just doesn't do a ton and maybe draws you one or two and isn't great. Yeah, and so um, when you think about Logos as a burst faction, for the most part, what you're getting out of Logos is they, there's a couple situational cards you might want to wait for. The, the quintessential one that I can think of outside of library access is interdimensional graft. It's when your opponent really pumps up their amber to a point where, you know, maybe maybe your main and support houses or something like say this where you know you're really hampering their amber control and then they finally get it all back and you're like okay great you can forge your key but it's going to cost you a little bit extra or even something like um the titan mechanic is oftentimes a good burst card because it combos so well with um what's it called interdimensional graft but just remember that titan mechanic actually reduces the cost for both players i've mm-hmm. i've overlooked that a lot um and I, it took me a while to actually learn that um, but as far as Amber Control, yeah, Titan Mechanic is one of the few ways to reduce key cost. And sometimes that can put you in a really interesting spot where if you have one or two of them, suddenly you're not playing a game to 18 Amber. You're playing a game to 15 or 12 Amber, and that just changes the math. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And then Logos, um, as far as the Burst House goes, is actually kind of similar to Dis in the sense where they don't have a ton of like massive Amber Gain effects, but they do have a lot of really situational cards that you want to wait for the right time to play them. A really good example of this is Scrambler Storm. 
it just says your opponent cannot play action. So sometimes what will happen is if you if your main house is like controlling the board a lot and you have Logos as your burst house, what you really want to do is you want to say, here, I'm going to gain a bunch of Amber through like, you know, incidental and rear effects from my burst house as Logos, but I'm also going to play Scrambler Storm to make sure that they can't bait and switch or Miasma or um, play Life Web or anything that steals Amber from an action ability. They're not going to do that. Or I have Skippy Time Hog who he comes into play and says, my opponent can't use creatures. So if my opponent builds up a really big board, I can stall that board for a turn. A lot of this comes down to the reasons why I'm not a big fan of Logos myself. A lot of it's waiting for the perfect moment to play a lot of this stuff, and it almost feels a little bit idealized to actually get that moment where Scrambler Storm not only gets you over the top of the Amber, but wins you the game because it stopped their bait-and-switch from going off. It's situational as far as the timing of the card goes, but also as far as deck construction goes. I think that Logos is one of the easiest houses to have just a mishmash of, of effects and not come to a cohesive strength where I guess it's my support house because it has a couple of archive effects. And it just feels underwhelming that like another house could be doing this so much better because yours didn't quite pan out the right way. So my, my best case of Logos, where I like to play it the most, is... When I have a main house and a burst house that really don't need a support house. So sometimes like your main house just does everything you want it to do. It has kill spells. It has a lot of creatures. It can reap um, and, it, and it does all that stuff. But then also your burst house has like all these really powerful amber plays. Sometimes what you need in that situation is you just need the support house to get out of the way. And Logos does a better job of anybody at getting out of the way because one of the benefits of archiving a card is you're drawing more cards. So like I can play three Logos cards out of my hand and oftentimes end up drawing six because the three Logos cards either archived a card or discarded a card or was like um, phase shift. So you play an out of faction card as well. So like if I phase shift my main house, a main house card into play and then I archive a burst card um, for later and then I play another Logos card and then I just redraw my hand, my new hand probably has some combination of burst and main cards. So my main card has already been bolstered a little bit by my support house being Logos. So I play more main cards, but then as I draw more cards, I'm more likely to have a bigger burst hand. I think that's one of the understated strengths of archiving. It really feels like this game, when you play it, is about things on the board and the amber you have. And the archive is kind of just an extra feature of the game. But maybe with the right you know, setup of cards, not only in the Logos house to archive cards, but the right cards that want to be archived, it really just blows the game wide open. I know that I've tried to theorize about Epic Quest and saying, what if I just had no knights, but a bunch of Logos cards, maybe Library of the Damned, to archive everything? Maybe that's where this would best shine. The other benefit of archive is that, you know, when we talk about main and burst house and support house, the reality is these decks are random, right? So you might have a main house that has nine fantastic main house cards and then has three cards that really want to be in a burst house. What you can do with archive is you can archive your burst cards that are inside of your main house. So you don't have to just throw them away. So if you're playing Sanctum and you have a really big board, you don't need to just throw away your um, doorstep to heaven. You can archive it. And then on a, on a future turn, when it makes sense, you don't have to switch to your burst house in order to get value. You can keep the train running and then just play the extra Sanctum card. This goes back to that whole third part of the episode that we talked about, about inefficient plays. When you hold bait and switch for four or five turns, it feels like you have that many chains. If you archive it, you can hold it for the 
just the right time. And I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest strength of this. It's long-term smoothing and setup for the rest of your deck to function correctly. And that's not Logos, that's archiving. But again, Logos is the best at archiving. I think that's the best thing that you could look for in a Logos house is how much of that setup potential you can get for the rest of your deck to function smoothly. Yeah, and so to wrap up, um, neither one of us really looks at Logos as like the house that does the things, right? Unless you're specifically playing like the infinite library access to draw your whole deck, odds are Logos is not pushing your game plan forward. But what they can do is they can really set up your other two houses. If you have an incredibly powerful lineup of your main house and your burst house and you just need, you know, Logos to get out of the way, it's fantastic at that. Or maybe you have two really good burst houses and you have Logos as your main house to draw a bunch of cards so your burst houses can hit harder. And, and that's really where you want it. We think of it as a setup house. You know, every house kind of has their theme as what they want to do, regardless of what the roles are. Logos really wants to set up the next house for doing the thing that it wants to do. So yeah, this has been another episode of Bouncing Death Court. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. We are at Death Court for either one. Uh, leave us a comment, send us a message, and we'll see you next time. Thanks a bunch. <laughs>